Hey guys, so welcome to episode 6. This episode is going to be a little bit different as it's not going to necessarily follow my previous episodes. It still all ties together at the end, but I needed to record this for me. And I also needed to record this because eventually I was going to talk about this. And eventually I will talk about this more in detail um, because it's a big part of my recovery process is a big part of my life. It's a big part of the current change that's happening in my life. Um, but I'm struggling really hard to keep going. And that's a scary statement to put out there. But I'm having a really hard time, and I wasn't going to record. I was going to give myself some more time, but this isn't going away. I've been struggling for a while now, and it just is getting progressively worse. And I guess the point of me recording this for me I guess I'm looking to try and almost motivate myself to snap out of it, to push through this. And I just feel like I'm failing at every attempt that I make to push through this. So, you guys know I'm an addict, you know I'm an addict in recovery. I've mentioned I'm on the methadone maintenance program which means I go, well, I would go to a specific clinic and I would get my medicine dispensed. Now, methadone maintenance programs work where you start by going six days a week. And if you're clean, after 90 days, you get your first bottle. And after the next 30 days, you get your next bottle until you're down to once a week. Now, for me, I had so much clean time even though I was on methadone and that is another substance and in theory I switched one substance for another and it took me up until somewhat recently to to fully admit that to myself and I'm not knocking people that are on the methadone maintenance program I'm not judging people that are on the program if that's what works for you and you feel you're functioning at your best while being on that, then that's what works for you. And don't let anybody else tell you that. But, excuse me, in that same breath, make sure you read all the fine print. Do the research. Do your homework about the methadone maintenance program before getting into it. Now, I knew methadone withdrawals were going to be the most severe types of withdrawals that I'd ever faced. Primarily because of the long shelf life and the fact that it embeds itself into your bones. So literally your bones ache. It's not a metaphor. It's not an exaggeration. It's the truth. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, What you find works for you with your recovery, if you are an addict and you're in looking to begin your recovery process or you're in your recovery process, 
what you find that works for you is what works for you. As long as you truly feel like you're functioning at your best, then that's that's what works for you. And don't let anybody else try and tell you this is what you should do or that's what you should do. You do what you're ready to do, what you know you can take on, what you know you can handle, and you go from there. A long time ago, when I was on the methadone program, I had come to terms with the, the, the idea that I may be on methadone for the rest of my life. Somewhere after that, something switched, and I started to realize I'm not sober because I'm on methadone, because the truth be it, I could have used, while on the methadone program, I just would have never gotten my take-homes, which... My, at the end, I was going once a month. I no longer go. Um, but I went down all the way to once a month. It was a special circumstance because I had had so many clean drug tests on my record. Uh, and I seemed to really have a hold on understanding my addiction and my recovery process and what works and what doesn't work for me. They trusted my judgment. And I appreciate that. And I know I earned that. Nobody did that for me. So the realization that even though, yes, I'm on methadone, yes, I technically switched one substance for another. I had my reasons at the time. Whether I ever share all of those reasons, I don't know. Um, But I had my reasons. Um, Unfortunately, though, I was on it for a very long time over five years and even though my taper has taken me three three years three and a half years um to get off of it and it was recommended that I do it in five years get off of it for how long I was on it I wasn't going to do that um and I had to meet with the doctor a lot of times because they didn't want to authorize it continue dosage drop that I was requesting because it's not recommended in most circumstances since we know with addiction statistics will show doesn't mean that they're you know the end word about it Um, but statistics will show that there is a high relapse rate for people getting off the methadone program Um, and I knew that getting into it, which I think is why it took me so long to decide when I wanted to get off of it, because I was really trying to listen to myself and know when I was really ready. And I don't regret getting off of it at all. I don't regret where I am now, but the withdrawals. I feel like the withdrawals are killing me. If it's not physical symptoms, it's psychological symptoms. And sometimes it's both simultaneously. But it's like there's no relief. Um, And I'm about to be at my last dose in the next few days. And then I'll start the final 
process of the taper, which everything that I've looked into says I will most likely feel withdrawals for eight to ten weeks. Now that's a long time. It's at least a solid two months. Now, nowhere could I find what milligram people were at when they stopped taking the methadone to 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 detox. Obviously, the withdrawal symptoms would be worse if you're at a higher dose. I am at two milligrams, which may seem like nothing, but you do have to take into account that I've been on it for six, seven years.、Um, and while I was tapering, I'm still on it. So that's more time. That's how I got to end up being the seven years.、Um, so. It's not like I really have an idea of what to lie ahead.、Um, it says for some people they think they're going to be way worse, and they're not. I'm not supposed to be feeling the amount of withdrawals that I'm feeling. That that's directly from my counselor from the clinic, who specialized in methadone tapers. Um. So, <laughs> for me to sit here and try and tell myself it's not going to be that bad, I, I feel like that's unrealistic. But I also know one of my biggest struggles with my recovery processes was withdrawals. I never dealt well with withdrawals. I had gotten off of heroin, cold turkey before,、um, and I never wanted to do it again. And I didn't technically. The last time that I relapsed started my recovery process that I'm on now, and I. So, I didn't. I, I didn't do it again. I didn't do cold turkey again.、Um, but again, there were a lot of other factors that weighed into my decision at that moment.、Um, I I promise I will share part of them, but I most likely will not get into all detail,、uh, just because there are some things that are just too personal. And I'm open and real and honest with you guys, so I'm going to be open and honest and real that I'm not going to probably share all of the deciding factors that brought me to the decision of me getting on the methadone maintenance program. That being said, my clinic was a great clinic overall. It was a really good clinic, but it is true to its title. It's a methadone maintenance program. It's not a so yes, it counts counts as a rehabilitative program or a form of rehabilitation. But let's just leave it at that's arguable, because like I've already said in this. Episode I could have used while on the methadone program. I did in the beginning. I did,、um, but once I started getting my bottles, that was it. I, I never lost my bottles.、Um, I never ran the risk of of losing them. Like I, I had made the decision. This is it. I'm gonna get clean again. Yes, I clean to a certain extent, but yes, at the end of the day, for me, in my opinion, I replaced one substance with another.、Um, and I don't want to 
beat a dead horse. And I really don't want to hang on that statement because that's what, what I chose to do for me. I'm not sitting here telling people they should do what I did. Again, what works for you is what works for you. <clears throat> what works for me, some of the things that work for me may work for you. Some of the things that work for you may work for me, but not necessarily all of them. Because uh, the only thing, <clears throat> potentially two things, that we'll share in common in the addi- addiction sense is that we probably suffer from some form of mental illness. <laughs> And we may share the same drug of choice or drugs of choice. That's it. I, I guess in theory we could say we've had shit things happen to us when, we're, when we've actively used. Because that's not... <laughs> you can't argue that. that <laughs> that's a fine print when you decide you're going to use, in my opinion. Um, but our circumstances are still going to be different because they impacted us differently. Addiction is a, is a tricky topic because it is it's really, I know there's a science side to it, but it's, it's really supposed to be something more individualized to that specific person. I think that if it was done that way, majority we'd have a much higher recovery rate than a relapse rate uh and as far as overdoses go well we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're still in somewhat of an isolation and overdose rates are as high as they are because it's being laced with fentanyl i mean there's always been overdose rates and high ones at that but the spike happened once fentanyl started being laced with these other hardcore narcotics. So, saying all of that, I am so severely stuck in my head, but at the same time, I want to be anywhere but in my head. My right and left shoulders hurt so bad. I have minimal movement currently with them. And I'm really scared about what lies ahead after I take my official last dose of methadone. And I'm not sitting here saying that I want to relapse because I don't. I don't want to, I like being sober. To the extent that I am, because some would say that I'm not sober because I'm on methadone and I'm on the medical cannabis program, but that's a whole other discussion and can get a bit argumentative. So I'm not going to get into that. Definitely not in this episode. I don't know ever if on my podcast, maybe if we were doing like a live episode, um, that would be something. But that's so far in the future because. Probably by the time you're listening to this, my podcast would have already been made official on my social media platforms. But as of right now that I'm actually recording this, it's not. 
because I need to be in a really sound mental place before I do this because I know it's going to bring a lot of negativity and a lot of negative responses from people. It's probably going to bring people out from my past that don't like me to put their two cents in. And if I'm not as in mentally sound a place as possible, I'm just setting myself up to get crushed. I just literally am at a point where I almost dread every single day of the week except maybe two days. I'm not even excited about my birthday coming up. I've talked about this, how I'm actually more disappointed in myself. I thought I would be further along by this time this year. But like... I am hurting so much that I am beginning to shut down because I know the signs of when I begin to shut down or just shut down. Um, And I'm trying to avoid it at all costs. I can't afford to completely shut down and isolate myself any more than I am already doing. But I just, I want to close my eyes and I want to open them and just be done with this. I want to feel like a moment where I can breathe. I feel like I'm treading water and all I want to do is move forward and all I continue to do is remain in the same spot. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, it's, it's not like I'm not trying to force myself to do other things and, and be active. and But like, I, I just, I, it's not happening. I'm not doing it. I don't have, I guess, the energy. That's lack of better terminology. But I, I just feel so empty, so lost, and I'm just really tired of feeling this way, and I don't want to come on here and have, be having a, a good moment or something good happen, and and then record, and then you guys see me all happy and positive, and that would just be for that moment. So I'm taking a chance and I'm recording this episode and I'm probably going to publish it sooner than right now my mind is telling me. Because when I record, I don't have to publish an episode until I'm officially ready. Like I could literally set a time for it to go up. I, I could publish it right then and there, which with most of my episodes, I do publish them right then and there because I don't want to end up talking myself out of publishing it. But this one is a tough one. 
It's not just today, not just yesterday, or the day before, or the week before. It is progressively getting harder for me to stay afloat. And I just, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give in to my mental illness. I don't want to give in to the taper. I don't, I don't want to let myself down. I want to fight through this, but I just don't feel like I had anything left in me to fight. I'm sorry that this didn't have some realization that I managed to have through all this. I mean, it did. I talked about a few, but I wouldn't really constitute this as a uplifting or motivating episode. But it wouldn't be real if I didn't show you guys my <laughs> me at my current state, which happens to be one of my hardest times in my life. I'm not going to say it's the worst because I've definitely been in worse situations than I'm currently in, but this is for sure the hardest fight I've ever had to fight. I'm just, I'm so desperately looking for change. And I just keep trying to invoke change and believe in change. And it's just not it's not manifesting in my life. So I don't know if I'm gonna be up for recording a lot once I'm once I've taken my final dose and begin those, or at least in the beginning, I don't know how bad it's gonna be. I'm praying that it's not as bad as I'm thinking it's gonna be. And that it doesn't last eight to 10 weeks, if not longer. So, but you know. <laughs> Well, no, that is what happened. I just, I, I wanted to talk about this. I needed to get it out there for me. I needed to get it out there for my podcast because I say it all the time how this is a real, I want this to be a real representation of me. And <laughs> it's not real if I wait until something positive happens because I'm not sitting here saying only negative things are happening. There are positive things that happen, but they just, and, and if I waited until then to record an episode that I just don't think that's real. That's not authentic me. That's me in that moment, which is fine, but I'll have to preface it that way. Otherwise it appears as if, you know, I've moved and gotten through my struggle that I've been dealing with recently and that's just not accurate and call it an intuition call it me being a pessimist I have a feeling it's going to get worse before it gets better although I don't know how much worse it can get at least that's how it feels 
I'm sure it can get a lot worse. It would be unrealistic for me to say I, I the world is ending for me. It just it feels like that. I feel like I'm running out of oxygen. I'm trying to catch my breath and it's not happening. I've given like eight different metaphors in this. I'm rambling and repeating myself now. So I'm going to end the episode here. I hope you guys enjoyed and please no matter where you are in the world, no matter what time it is, please remember that you're not alone and you can get through this. I know when I say that at the end of every episode it seems kind of obnoxious because I'm sitting here saying I don't have it all together and I'm struggling to get through this but maybe it's through other things that I've overcome that I'm basing it on maybe it is the side of me that wants to be optimistic and truly believing in myself But I promise you can get through this. Thanks guys.